Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Well, I have good news and bad news. Hard. Uh, hit me with the good news first. Let's be different. Okay, well, that was the good news. What? That was it. You did, You missed it already? <laughs> Great. Hit me with the bad news. Oh, no, there was good news. I heard from Amtrak. Did I tell you? I told, we didn't talk about this in the podcast, I don't think, but I was probably telling you that when I was making trying to make oh, reservations for a train ride. we should talk about that, though. Yeah. About their crazy no... Yeah, no silverware, no sharp objects. You know, not in your checked or carry-on. Neither one can you have these things. Um, yeah, let's 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 explore that for a while. I wanted to have somebody from Amtrak actually on the podcast to talk about this. But. Well, they did answer my email inquiry because uh, I okay. asked them, like, how I said, how does this work? You let someone carry a firearm, right? You let them. Well, they, you have to check your firearm, right? You have to check your baggage, but you let someone carry a firearm, but you won't let me carry a pocket knife for a camping trip, right? And they said, oh no, no, you can have utensils and a pocket knife and you know whatever as long as they're not on your person and i'm like but that's not what your rules say because i mean i'm talking to an email it doesn't really help when i start arguing <laughs> with an email but. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> but i'm like so anyway they said don't worry about it just, just don't don't even just ignore our rules just just go ahead well but still remember you said that the person who's like letting people on the train can decide that stuff. And if you have to switch trains or whatever. Yeah. Well, that's what the rules say. They say that the, every, every train station or every, whatever has the op- option of making a, a decision. Right. You so know? how can they definitely say, Oh yeah, don't worry about it. And then you're going to buy the ticket and you're going to show up and they're going to go, uh, nope. Well, for one, I would take a print out of the email. That's for sure. Because yeah. because if there was like a metal detector, I had to put my check on through my carry on through, and they said, "Oh wait wait wait, you can't carry that." I'd be like, "Wait wait wait, I've got this letter that says you didn't care," because obviously I don't want to get you know to Chicago and be changing trains and then have them say, "Oh sorry, but you can't take this with you." And I'm like, "Exactly, I've already ridden three trains. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere." They're like, "No, you're not. You're in Chicago." I'm like, "I'm in the middle of nowhere." <laughs> Nowhere, Illinois. Right. So, and they, I mean, what they had the other crazy stuff in there about like you weren't allowed to check any money. Like, if you had any money, right, you couldn't put it in your check in. You had to carry it on your person. You had to carry it on your person. And you're not allowed to have any self defense. No self defense items. Yeah. No, uh, Martial arts things, no, right. yeah. So, like, if you're a thief, if you're a robber, if they call them that anymore, whatever they call them now, you're going to want to hit up a train because those people have to have their money on them and they're not allowed to have anything they can defend themselves with. Right, right, yeah. Like, that just puts a big, <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, even a rolled up newspaper could be self-defense item. Yeah, well, I'm wondering, you know, like you said, martial artists, you know, what if you know karate? You can't take your hands on the train. I think you'd have to be handcuffed to your chair. So that would work. <laughs> you can get out of that if well, you're a good and, martial artist. And the other crazy part is when you're reading the, the forbidden list, 
you know, you've got the way it's laid out on the website is you get this list of things that are, you know, grouped together, right? But, you know, where it says, oh, this kind of thing and that kind of thing. You know, the obvious stuff is in there, no explosives, no whatever. But but you read down the list and you see the no credit cards, cash, valuable items, etc. And you're like, what? And then you read across to the right of that. And then there's like, there's like a, you know, one column for can you have it in your carry-on and one column for you can have it in your checked. And then you see that you can have it in your carry-on, but not in your checked. But it's like this list of prohibitions, if you're just reading down, which is the first thing I did, was just reading down what, what can't you take on the train. Right. And I see that I can't take my wallet, right? And I'm like, how is this going to work? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, oh, they just won't let me put it in my checked baggage. Right. I get it, because they don't want to be responsible for you know, anything. And I get that, but still, it means it's guaranteed that everybody's going to have all the money that they need for that trip. Oh, them. yeah. yeah. There's no piggy banks in the check baggage. Like, Actually, I'm going to take more money than I need for the trip. I'm going to take like 5000 in cash on me. Which means that somebody could easily take that from you because you can't even defend yourself. And I hope they do because then, no, I don't really, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Tonight's Life is Hard episode is sponsored by Amtrak. And Britney Spears. Really? She yeah, can't. Did, did she's you, still in a... Uh, well, no. Whatever she's still called. under a conservatorship with her dad. That's but, it. But she's got her own attorney now. So she's moved in the right direction. And, this is interesting, the U.S. Congress seems terribly interested in legislating yeah. in her favor. Really? Yeah, yeah, they were, they were, they, it's a bipartisan thing. They're in agreement that we need something to save Britney Spears. So, so here you've got a Congress. Of all that, the things yeah. we don't agree on. Yeah, yeah, they, they can't investigate the January 6th insurrection. Mm. They can't, they can't pass an infrastructure bill. You know, they probably can't pass a budget. They can't do anything, but they can agree that they need to free Britney Spears. Well, I mean, I agree that. They need to free Britney Spears too, but still, it's just sad that that's what we agree on. Yeah, this is where we're going in the world. It's like that's that's an order of business for the U.S. United States mm-hmm. government. <laughs> but on a more cynical note, oh, before I forget, okay, I want to just make this upfront and clear. As far as I know, this is going to be our last Life Is Hard podcast. What? Yep. Just just not doing them anymore. I would say life is hard, but that would be kind of cliche, wouldn't it? Really? It's still true. That's why we named the podcast that. Yeah, I think the best analogy I have for how I feel right now, and it isn't anything to do with the podcast, it's how I feel in general, is that I feel like I've been running a marathon for just years and years and years. I feel like every day I try to convince myself that it's worth doing the things I do, that it's worth getting out of bed. And it gets harder every day. And I just, right now, I'm just like at the point where I'm like, you know, I just don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to travel. I don't want to take the train to Minnesota. I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to do anything. I don't fucking want to make the effort right now. And it just sucks because it's kind of like a depression, I guess. And then maybe it's short term. I was about to say, (laughs) it sounds like depression exactly. But it's not new. It's not like, I mean, okay, so it was really bad in the dark months, you know, in the months of January and February. And that's where I did psychotherapy for a while, but that didn't really help. 
And and that's still, by the way, a pain in my ass because they still haven't actually billed my insurance company, so it doesn't apply to my deductible. And this has been, that was February that we ended it, or the end of February, I think, maybe early March, and it's now the end of July. So I have, like, no desire to go back to do that shit again because they can't even get the insurance stuff right, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a fucking scam. Right. Um, but anyway, in February, I was in a really bad place, partly because it was dark. You know, it's like the days are short and it's cold and I'm, you know, just, just that. Because usually I'm in my best mood in the summer. I'm like top of my game in the summer. So this is it, right? This is the best. Well, that's my this point. Is as good as it gets. <laughs> that's my point is that it's going to be when I get to winter, I'm not going to make it through another winter. I'm just not. There's no fucking way. It's maybe I'll get a dog or something, you know. <clears throat> you get an emotional support alligator. Well, I mean, if it would eat me, that'd be fine. <laughs> I went swimming with the gators the other night after after sunset, which is generally considered a bad idea. Yeah, well, any sentence with gators and you is a bad idea. Well, they feed at dusk, so they say you're not supposed to be in the water, you know, at dusk. But I had no choice because I was out there and I had to take a swim. So I ended up coming in. It was almost dark when I got back. Well, obviously you did not get eaten. I didn't even get a bite. <laughs> not a nibble. Not, not even, even a the nibble. Yeah. Like me. There was no interest whatsoever. <laughs> but I want to get serious again. I just wanted to point that out before we got too far into the podcast and I forgot to say something because that was the bad news. Um we had the good news about Britney Spears and now the bad news. But um, no, Pegasus and Celebrate are two things I want to talk about. They're both out of Israel, and so now I'm going to sound anti-Semitic. But Pegasus is a product that hacks phones. It's a very highly sophisticated hacking tool that was developed by, I believe the company is called the NSO Group in Israel. And they okay. sell it to governments and other institutions that have a lot of money um, in order to, you know. Hacking phones, meaning they steal all your data? Yeah, once they get on your phone, they have access not only to everything that's on your phone, but they can turn on the microphone or the camera at any time and, and record what you're doing, you know. What awesome. You're yeah. Um, Everything is awesome. It's a, it's an amazing, Pegasus is an amazing tool if you're trying to, you know, like, for instance, get the sources from a journalist, you know, or listen in on his conversations. Um, right. They claim they only sell it for governments to use to fight terrorism. That's its sole purpose, and that's the only legitimate yeah. licensed purpose. Well, it turns out this is going to surprise the hell out of you. <laughs> I bet. That it's been used... <laughs> To hack lots of journalists' phones. No way. And, of course, they've sold it to countries like Saudi Arabia. I mean, can you say Khashoggi? You know? Khashoggi. Yeah, he's the guy that Saudi Arabia cut up into little pieces and put into a vat of acid. Nice. And he was a journalist? Yes, he was a journalist, yeah. Um, what about, uh, where did Salman Rushdie come from? He mm. Was he a journalist or was he just an author? Well, he 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 was definitely rocking the boat. Let's just say that. I don't know what his yeah. job was, but I well, know. I mean, when you throw terrorism out there, first of all, you know it's a scary word, and then they 
can broaden the definition so much that like, you know, you can be labeled a domestic terrorist if you don't go along with the government. You know what I mean? So you can't. Well, I don't know what happened on January 6th then because they still keep calling those people patriots. Well, yeah. I mean, they, they're going to spin it however they want to spin <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly the point, isn't it? If you're on their side, then you're one right. of the good guys. And if you're not on their side, it doesn't matter how innocuous what you do is, you're a terrorist. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's seen V for Vendetta, right? If you haven't, it's required viewing. And that gives them license to use that against you. Right. Regardless. Right. Well, that and I don't think I don't think the NSO group who sells it to them has any way of monitoring what they use it for. So they're, quote unquote, trusting these governments to do what they say they're going to do. And the list of governments that they've sold this thing to, you, you don't need to be a, you know, a, a scholar in uh, in geopolitical, you know, studies to know these governments cannot be trusted. But the bottom line is that the NSO group is making a lot of money. Oh, yeah, I bet. And that's all that matters to these people. And this isn't a slight on Israel. I don't care if they're in Israel or America or Germany or France. It doesn't fucking matter. They're just a company that makes security software. Well, I use that word loosely. But hacking software that they then sell to to the highest bidder, basically. Um, but there's like not those movies where the guy is going to, the bad guy is going to have the auction and all the rich evil billionaires show up to bid on the, you know, up for bid. Here is the nuclear codes to all the warheads in North America. I'm not selling we'll those. We'll start to build it, bidding at half a billion dollars. I bought those and I'm keeping them. That's the one oh, thing I'm did? not going to, yeah, I'm not selling that. I might sell all my audio gear and my podcasting gear, but I'm keeping the nuclear codes. Yeah. Just well, because I think it's the responsible thing to do. And I love you my can, trees, you know, nuclear wars. You can use wars. them against your neighbor. <laughs> well, nuclear war is hell on trees, and I love my trees. I really do. Um, <laughs> oh, you're you know, keeping them so they're not used. You're not keeping right, them right, right, used no, yourself. No, no, I have no intention. <laughs> so, but I do want to point out um, on the topic of trees, for anybody who's thinking of just clearing land just for the sake of like, gee, I think I should just clear all that land. Trees serve many purposes. You know, they, you know. Paper. No, stop it. Decks. No, they, well, I suppose at some point in their lifespan, they become wood um, for construction. But while they're living and growing, they are storing carbon. They are producing oxygen. Which, by the way, is reversed once they're dead. So whatever oxygen surplus you get from them, when they die and decay, you lose. So it's a net zero, and you want them to be alive in order to keep keep breathing. But then the other thing is that they, they mitigate floods. They cool the temperature. I mean, there's all kinds of things. We're living in a world right now where we're having massive flooding, you know, heat, heat waves, um, you know, all kinds of things. And... Forested areas are, you know, their habitat, their carbon sequestering, they're all these things that, you know, make them very important to our survival on this planet. And I just hate it when people just, it happens so much. Like everybody's got this idea that, oh, gee, look, I've got a bunch of, you know, I'm just going to hire somebody to go clear all that out. Just let them grow. Leave them alone. Leave the trees alone. That's the only reason I'm still alive is I have to protect my trees. 
I promised I'd I, live long enough to, to stick around and protect my trees. I think if the Life is Hard podcast is going to die tonight, we need to have the next evolution, the It's Only Getting Worse podcast. Because that seems yeah. the direction we're heading. <laughs> well, I suspect it's just only getting worse. Everything is... Yeah. There's fires in California. There's flooding everywhere. You know, there's gators well, eating people. And the problem is we're going to lose. Okay, so we're going to lose the domain name in a month. Well, in actually a couple of weeks. And if I don't renew it. And I, and I just don't feel like paying for all this stuff and dealing with it. So we won't be able to re-resurrect this podcast. Yeah, well, I get um, it. But I could see doing maybe a technical podcast in the future if I had to do it alone because, you know, not that I don't love doing it with you. This is my only connection with you, and I hate losing that connection, but I've been losing connections pretty much with everybody lately, and I guess it's just the way it goes. Um, Are you hearing that, listener? Yeah. Yeah, well, probably losing one of the connections with one of the listeners, too, so. Listeners, we have more than one. Oh yeah, yeah. There's more than one. I know at least that I've got a couple friends, including one in Australia, that listens to it, and then I've got uh, my brother listens to it. So you know, they're pretty pretty loyal listeners, and I'm sorry, but we have thirteen and a half minutes left before it's over. Cool. Let's so, talk about the Olympics. Okay, Simone Biles is the only story I know about. I know about nothing. I don't, I nothing don't else. Know. I don't either. <laughs> and honestly, I haven't really read about, you know, like I haven't read all the details in Simone. I've just heard tidbits. Or, But, I mean, you know, you're kind of following in her footsteps. She quit because of mental anguish or whatever. And but she deserved, she's, okay, so she's amazingly good. I just want to go on the record to say, and I'm sure anybody who knows who I'm talking about knows how good she is. She's phenomenally good. She's better than any, like hands down better than any other gymnast in the world. She's just set one record after another. She has several different actual moves named after her because before she came along, everybody thought they were impossible. She's absolutely amazing. But what they did was they, they docked her scores in order to make it a little bit more competitive. And they justified that by if the other gymnasts tried to compete with her they would end up hurting themselves <laughs> so by you know by docking her they make it possible for someone else to beat her without having to do the impossible moves that she does because you simply can't win against simone biles right now there is no competition for simone right and uh except herself apparently oh yeah and she's very driven but um but i think in the team competition competition i think there was something going on there I think she was trying not to be the, I don't know. I don't know if she got pressure from somebody or if she just didn't feel like it was, she wasn't right with just being like the, you know, because a team is a team, right? When you have one player who just blows everybody else out of the water, it kind of, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what her motivation was, but I think there was, she's getting some pressure. She's getting some heat. She's just too good. And that's so sad because it, I mean, it's like, I don't know, we, this world is so fucked up. Listen, <laughs> I was looking at reading an article today about uh, the Ozark. I guess it's the Ozark Mountains, but the Ozarks in general, like there's lakes in the Ozarks. And um, mm -hmm. this is in Missouri, right? 
and and they showed pictures. People are packed into this, you know, like into the pools and the bars, and and nobody there. No, I shouldn't say nobody, but but there's a low vaccination rate. Nobody's wearing a mask. And they interviewed people, and they asked people about vaccinations, and the people were laughing, and I'm going, oh, it's a bunch of crap, you know, vaccination's more dangerous than the virus is, and, you know, all this all this bullshit. And um, there were people they interviewed that were a little bit more liberal and said that they didn't wear a mask because if they wore a mask to the store, people would actually tell them to take their mask off. They're like, that mask makes me uncomfortable, you know, and all this bullshit. And I mean, it's, <laughs> so I'm really glad I don't live in Missouri right now because uh, I think. Misery. Yeah, Missouri. I think they're heading for a cliff, man, because they've already got an outbreak nearby, not in the Ozarks specifically, but in some well, city. In the, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, aren't the unvaccinated people going to take care of themselves like they're going to die <sighs> I would say yes but on the other hand you've got doctors and nurses who are running the same marathon I am but they're really running a marathon they they actually have an excuse for feeling the way I do um, because they're working you know 12 hour shifts 6 days a week or more and uh, and it never ends I mean these people are the real victims of this are the healthcare workers. Well, and and people who are trying to get into a hospital for like anything else because yeah. the ICU beds are taken, man. If you've got a heart condition and you need treatment, you can have a hard time finding a bed. Um, it's 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 nuts. I mean, if these people want to go live on an island and kill themselves, fine. But they're not living on an island. They're they're leaving us to clean up the mess and to deal with their stupidity, and that's uh, th- that's the downside. But yeah, as far as if they just die, um, yeah, I'm good with that. I mean, if they want to be this stubborn and this ignorant, then yeah. And most of them know. Most of them have heard. They're not disconnected from the world. They've heard Fauci. They've heard all the experts talk. Um, but they just say, "Fuck it. It's a Democrat thing, or it's a." Or it's, uh, you know... Conspiracy. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if you heard what's-his-name saying that that Fauci is the grandfather of this virus and he's responsible for 4.6 million deaths. No, I didn't hear that. Who said that? Oh, God, what's the guy's name? He was on Fox News, or or he's on Hannity, which is on Fox, I guess. But uh, So, Sean Hannity? I Well, it was a guest of Sean Hannity's. Oh, I yeah. got you. Some guy. He was he was in the Trump administration. He, I, I don't remember his name. I just remember that he was supposed to be doing like a trade deal with China or something. That was his job. And uh, uh, Jared Kushner. <laughs> uh, no, no, he's not one of those obvious ones. Anyway, whatever. It just just he's just he well he's just these claims are ridiculous. I don't care who's making them because they're ridiculous. I don't know if you've seen they've started the, the trials finally where they're interviewing the police officers from the Capitol building on January 6th. And, you know, you hear them basically crying. Well, not literally crying, but in some cases they're crying because they got beaten, they got called names, they got, you know, s- whipped and smacked around and, and run over and stomped on and all this. They're cops. Yeah, the cops, right? And And they... They're now being told that the people who did that to them are patriots, right? That there was no insurrection. It was just a peaceful protest and all this. And they're like, what? <laughs> from 
from the from the same party that gets upset when we go around saying, well, not we, but no, we. when other people go around saying defund the police. Yeah. Oh, well, if you yeah. want to go there, Aurora apparently on Friday had a another incident where a cop pistol whipped somebody. And I love the charge. Okay, so, so the cops were actually investigating a, and I quote, suspected trespassing. <laughs> and, and this guy ended up getting beat over the head seven times with a pistol. And the cop said something to the sergeant to the effect of, I would have shot him, but I wasn't sure if there was a bullet in my gun, so I just beat him with the pistol instead. Oh, jeez. Um, but he, they, well, they're up on charges, so it, it isn't, this stuff's not, it's, we're making progress, okay? But when I saw the picture from the body cam, they just had a still frame on the news article I read. You could see this cop's arm, he was holding the guy by the throat, and you could see the cop had this really strong forearm, you know, looked like he's a really muscular guy. And the guy he was holding was, you know, was probably not as muscular. But the point is, I'm thinking, yeah, it's fucking bully, man. I just, I see these cops that are all like, you know, bodybuilding assholes and they're pushing people around and slamming people to the ground and stuff. I'm like, you're a goddamn bully is what you are. Yeah. You, you, there's no way these people deserve their jobs as police officers. They need to, they don't even, shouldn't even be a janitor at a high school because they'll be pushing around high school kids. I mean. Send them out on the island with the anti-vaxxers. And they're never humble. They always have, like, the huge ego, like, I'm yeah. the shit, and you got to do what I say, you know? Yeah, well, there was a female cop there, too, that apparently didn't stop him, and so they're both charged because now, and, and this is good news, I guess, Colorado now has some interesting laws. They've passed laws that says if you're a police officer and you see another police officer brutalizing somebody, you don't do anything about it, you're an accomplice. Yeah, you're going down with them, which makes perfect sense. I mean, if it was any other situation, if it, if you take the word cop out of it, you'd think, well, that's normal, right? Like if I was watching someone commit a crime and didn't do anything and didn't report it, I'd be an accomplice. Right. But if you're cops, you need a special law that says that because you get special privileges. Um, but they have taken away. Colorado's done quite a bit. The law that they've passed and they're working on another one, too. They've really cut back on the police's immunity. You know, they're, they're, they're not in quite as good a position as they were. So there's progress. I mean, Aurora particularly had a lot of problems with, with police brutality. So that's that's probably going to take a Aurora is Colorado? Yeah, Aurora, Colorado. Yeah, it's okay. the third largest city in Colorado. And they've got a... They've well, not, there's other Auroras. I think there's Aurora, Illinois is the one I'm familiar oh, with. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just referring back to the same... but. But the uh, police chief so, in Aurora, Colorado is a woman, and she's not having this shit. So if Colorado is cracking down on the police, basically, and, you know, making them ease up and stuff, then to tie into the earlier statement, if you're a thief, you want to hit Amtrak travelers <laughs> yeah. in yeah. Colorado. Right. 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 It just gets sweeter. That target gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. Easier to hit. I think it's Los Angeles. I'm not positive, but somewhere out, I'm pretty sure it's California anyway. Um, they've got a new program where they take some of the police funding and give it to social workers. And they send social workers out to talk to people like me instead of sending the police. Well, we talked about that on the podcast 
Yeah, but they're doing it, ago. and and the cops the cops like it. The police chief spoke yeah, well, very, right, very highly. They don't want to be doing social work. Yeah, and and the social workers say that they've only had a few issues with people being you know violent. They said they usually can talk them down. They the guy one guy said, "I don't even get out of my vehicle, but it looks like the person is is agitated or there's a potential danger." He goes, "I talk them. I just roll down my window and talk to them until I know that it's safe." And and then of course he can call for backup, and the cops make it a priority to back up these guys. So if one of them calls for backup, it's like almost like a cop calling for backup. Right. Right. Um, then they go in guns a blazing and yeah, shoot exactly. everybody. <laughs> exactly. Take yeah. out the social workers, the perps, any bystanders. Yeah. Well, apparently, and, and I know this is a fact cause I've read about this before, but, but suicide by cop is a big deal. It's a real problem. If you got somebody who's depressed and angry and, you know, just well, I don't like where time. you're going with it, Doug. <laughs> what are you planning? Yeah, well, no, I don't think I'd ever involve someone else, and that that would be unfair to them. But but that's what people do, though. They'll you know basically get the police called, and then they'll pull out a gun, knowing that the police are going to shoot them. Right. Or you know sometimes they don't even have to pull out a gun. I'm just going to say right now on the record, if I had the balls to kill myself, I'd have been dead a long time ago. <laughs> I just it just isn't there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think we went off on another tangent because I was thinking there was still something. But I will say this, and that's that because uh, we've talked about this like three different times in the podcast, and I feel like in our Twilight episode in my last 30 seconds, I can't help but bring it up again, and that's that Candida Auris has reared its ugly head again, apparently in D.C. and oh, Dallas. Oh, back. Nice. Yeah, that, well, there was a couple of outbreaks, and some people died. It kills like one out of three people or two out of three people. This is the fungus that they couldn't get rid of in the hospital yeah, with the bleach. Yeah, and the, apparently there's different, different variations of it. Some of them are more resistant than others to being treated. Um, but if you get the really resistant one, you're just dead. You're just done. Oh, and one more yeah. thing. I don't know if we... <laughs> and one more thing. I've still got four seconds. So Montana's are upset, as in people in Montana, because all these people from California are moving there. Oh, really? I thought they were coming to Nashville. Oh, they are there too, probably. But but the thing that gets me, though, the thing that, I, that, that makes me happy about this is if we get enough uh, lefties moving to, like, Wyoming, Montana, South Dakota, North Dakota... Those mm-hmm. states that are traditionally red and have way more representation per capita than they deserve in our Senate. Because every state gets two senators, right? Yeah. You got a state like California with like, I don't know, 16, 20 million people or more. State right. like, I mean, the city of New York has, I think, 7 million people, right? Montana has the entire state doesn't have that many people, right? Right. But yet they get two senators. So if we get some, you know, like, okay, so there's like 40 people in Montana right now. And if we get like 40 Californians that are left-wing people there, they'll offset. And then we'll end up with a couple of the state. Are those the blue. people leaving California, the left-wing people? Well, most Californians are, are are more liberal. That's why the Montanans are upset because they've got these wealthy leftist elites showing up. Gotcha. Which reminds me of... Taking up all their big sky. Yeah. Yeah, so the movie that I saw most recently was uh, was The Hunt. Now, that is a movie with a lot of right-wing, left-wing BS in it. Yeah? Yeah, the who's, premise... Who's in that? 
Oh God, who's in it? Um, I don't think many of the actors were that well known. But I will say this, and that's that the the premise of the movie, I'm not going to tell you too much about it because we don't have time and it will ruin the movie for anybody who wants to watch it, which, by the way, I don't really recommend the movie. I mean, it's not the worst movie I've seen. It's, <laughs> it's No, it just wasn't that we're, great. Like we're I didn't, not sponsored by Amtrak, not brought to you by the home. Okay, look, if you want to know what I think makes a good movie, what I think makes a good movie is character development. If, sure. If I see 20 characters in a movie get killed and I don't give a shit about any of them, for me, I walk away. I turn the movie off when it's over and go, okay, right. It's just, I agree. It's just nothing, and that's that's what this movie was. It was a slaughter. Uh, well, but, that but, does not sound fun. But the premise of the movie was still semi interesting and very political. So the idea was okay. So some some executives ended up losing their jobs because they joked about having a hunt on. In their text in their text messages, and someone hacked one of their phones <clears throat> and published this stuff, and so all the right wing conspiracy theorists went crazy and said the hunt is real, Mannergate is real. You know, they're the, these left wing elites are hunting. You know, the, the the deplorables. You know, the people that they think are beneath them. Right? They're mm-hmm. taking them off somewhere to the manor and hunting them. Whatever. Well, anyway, so the these. These elitists decided that since they were being accused of this and they'd been fired or forced to leave their jobs for it, that they were actually going to do it. Oh, Jesus. So they collected up all the people who were promoting the conspiracy theory and hauled them off to Croatia. And, uh, and, and, and by the way, these left-wing elitists are not terribly good with their hunting skills. Mm-hmm. You know, some were better than others, but some were pretty neophytes. So that so you could tell that whoever made the movie was very much like a right wing gun nut. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They hated the left wing elites. I mean, of course, I'm going to ruin the ending here. Sorry, spoiler alert. But you know, the the <laughs> one of the people that they decided to kill to hunt wasn't who they thought she was. She just happened to have a similar name, and she was like a you know, let's say Green Beret or Navy SEAL or something, you know, ex-Navy SEAL. But anyway, she ended up killing all these left-wing elitists. And they pretty made out like, pretty much made out like the left-wing elitists were all assholes. And they were, you know, they just clearly felt that the the left was just made up of a bunch of weenie burgers. Right. There's not complex character no, no. Well, none of none there. of the people were very well developed. None of the people were. I mean, half of them were dead in the first ten minutes. So, you don't really have much time to to get attached to them. And then, of course, the only one that survived the whole thing was the one girl. Maybe you should read the book. It might be better. I am reading a book. <laughs> no, not a book. Not that book. No, that I, book. but I am reading a book. I'm in the middle of a book. <laughs> right smack dab in the middle. I'll probably be up all night finishing it. Now it's already laid out. I'll read it tomorrow. But. Well, we almost made six years. Like in two weeks or so would have been our oh, six-year anniversary sucks. of this podcast. So, Well, we can after- say six years. Two weeks short is not. All right, we'll call it. Six Not only years. that, but we're we'll already, round up. We're already five and a half minutes over, so it's almost like going another two weeks. There you go. Well, it's been nice knowing you. Yeah, we may have to set something up so we at least communicate once in a while. 
Yeah, personally, I was. Yeah, between the two of us, referencing the audience. Oh yeah, well they don't they don't talk to us anyway. I mean, when was <laughs> the last time true. you got any feedback from a listener? I mean, I shouldn't say that because when I talk to people, when I actually talk to the people that listen on the phone or something, they tell me they like my podcast, but you never see it online. Right. Correct. Yeah. That is the same thing with, you know, like I was shocked to find out that my son listens and my mom listens, not maybe every episode, but I'm like, really? You listen? They're like, yeah. Okay. All right. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) Well, and I would say telling me now that it's freaking over. I would say that next week I'd tell my bear story, but it won't be a next week. So you're just going to have to make up your own bear story. I'm going to join you in your depression now. Life was hard, but it could be worse. Life was hard, but it could be worse. Life is hard, but it could be worse.